1: Hello and welcome. I am with Tom Palladino and today is January 2nd, 2015. Uh, Last time we talked was last year. (laughs) It's always so funny when you say that, talk to you next year, you know. So um, anyway, so how do you feel about talking about that today?
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes.
1: Okay, good. So, so, electromagnetic energy. First, maybe talk a little bit about how electromagnetic energy was developed and sure. how it is so incredibly different from scalar energy. Okay. And, you know, the 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 damage that electromagnetic energy can, can create What God has revealed
0: to me, what God has told me, that initially this world, earth, was a mirror-like image of heaven. Actually, the Blessed Virgin Mary said, and I'm going to quote her, quote, the earth was a mirror-like image of heaven, unquote. So that also means that we were surrounded by scalar energy. We lived in a scalar energy environment as you do in heaven. That's such a profound thought right there. It really is, and that sets everything apart. Once, I don't care if you're a geologist, an anthropologist, a theologian, if you realize that Adam and Eve were created with an abundance of scalar energy and that electromagnetic energy did not exist, you have an entirely different world. Everything is different, the spiritual, the intellectual, the emotional, The physical world is entirely different with scalar energy. And when we're looking at original man and we're looking at the original plan of God, there was no electromagnetic energy. That was never God's plan. Electricity and magnetism is a consequence of sin, the fall of Adam and Eve. So we go back to the Garden of Eden. There was perfect order, perfect unity. All of that is by way of perfect light which was, again, God's preference. God had one intention, and that was the perfect intention. The only difference between earth and heaven was that in heaven you could see God. In this world, you could not have the beatific vision. God hid himself a man. See the face of God. Exactly. The, he, that's the only difference, essentially, that, that people, Adam and Eve, on earth had at the only disadvantage that Adam and Eve had in comparison to that of the blessed in heaven. So if we look at the world today, it, it's nothing like God had intended. Nothing. It's, we have a degraded nature. And, and what is that degradation? Well, it all started with the fall, but the consequence of that is God converted scalar energy to imperfect energy, which is electricity and magnetism. And if you're a physicist or an electrical engineer, you really have to look at the electromagnetic spectrum and say, the, the potential for loss is total, meaning there always is a loss in the electromagnetic potential. There always is entropy. There always is decay. There always is degradation. Um, you cannot have electricity and magnetism without having death and decay. And that's profound. That's the environment we live in. You cannot live on earth without experiencing
1: death and decay. So I have a question. Yes. Okay. So if the world as it is today is not at all what God intended, okay, you're going to think this is silly. Why couldn't God just snap his fingers and realign it with what he did intend every time things got off course.
0: And he he could and he will eventually. After the second coming, and I want this in the book, after the second coming, everything will be perfect again. We'll go back to the Garden of Eden. Everybody will live in this perfect Eden, this perfect divine will, in which we will have nothing but scalar energy. Hence, there will be no death and decay anymore after the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we're going back to the original plan. If you if you really look at the Our Father and you read it and believe it, when God says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, thy kingdom come. It's not here yet. Well, that era of perfection is after the second coming of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And, and that kingdom come will be realized after the second coming, and we will live in that state of perfection. Not yet, but it's, it's coming after, right after the second coming. So if, if Christians, in this case, if Christians really believed what they were saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, meaning perfect will, perfect order on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you only can have that perfection if God gives it to you, and one of those perfecting factors is scalar energy, so in order for us to have a perfect perfected world, we have to have scalar energy eventually in this world. But you know, you ask most Christians,
1: they have not the slightest idea what they're asking for, right? Yeah, and you know, well, not, I, they, they learn the prayer at such a young age; it's just this rote thing that they say without even thinking. Right. Right. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about the development of electromagnetic energy. You know, I mean, we all think of, you know, in school as a kid, Ben Franklin with the key on the kite string. And, um, of course, Edison. And, of course, you've talked about Tesla. But tell me a little bit about that and how you feel they got it so wrong that all this time, energy, and resources has been put into developing something that's degrading us rather than enhancing us.
0: Um, I believe we really had the, the tale of two cities, if you will, in Edison and in Tesla. Um, <clears throat> the powers that be, and in part those powers that be, are supernatural. The The money elite, eventually financed and promoted Edison's inventions. And the money elite eventually said no to Tesla. Why? Because Tesla realized that scalar energy was superior. But why didn't the money elite promote and finance Tesla? The money elite did not want to finance Tesla because it it was threatened by him. It was what? Threatened. The money elite was threatened by Tesla and scalar energy. As we've said before, scalar energy will end the monopolies, whereas electromagnetic energy begets, promotes the monopoly. So in order for the money powers to continue to, to um, gain control over mankind, resources, money, um, governments, etc., their paradigm was a, an electromagnetic paradigm. Why? In an electromagnetic paradigm, <clears throat> scarcity is the norm. Scarcity right. is the norm. Right. And when you have scarcity... Scarce resources. Then, when you have scarcity, then you have a hierarchical um, establishment. You, ha- you have a hierarchy of those who have and those who do not have. Whereas scalar energy is free energy, essentially, or relatively inexpensive energy... And there is no hierarchy. And there is no power elite. Scalar energy will immediately
1: nullify the power elite. Immediately. So when you talk about the power elite and the money elite, um, in the chapter that I just sent you that you haven't had a chance to take a look at yet, um, there's a lot about you know Rothschilds and Illuminati and all of that from that conversation uh, about a month ago. Yes. Um, are are you talking about when you say money elite is that what yes. you're talking about exactly
0: at the very top of the pinnacle at the very top of the pyramid are the Rothschilds and it's it's entirely demonic and the way the, the Illuminati has, has garnered their power is really by supernatural forces there is a devil there is Satan does exist and he gives power and insight to people and control and these people the Illuminati are handpicked by Satan. And the Blessed Virgin Mary made it clear, and I want you to put this in the book, there are 50 families in the
1: Illuminati. Right. Yeah, so that's these, in Chapter 8, but we can you. put it in this chapter too.
0: Yeah, go, go ahead. Let's, let's repeat it. And And what's the point? Well, by deception, Satan rules the world. And these 50 families were handpicked by Satan. They're just evil, terrible, vile, and disgusting people who would do anything. Um, years ago, the Blessed Virgin Mary told me it's the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Right. And that's, that's what these 50 families show. It's not, it's not money. Money is not evil. Money is simply a, a, a means of exchange, a unit of account. It's the love of money. It's when people will do anything for the love of money. And that's the downfall of of the Illuminati.
1: So I want to talk a little bit more about scarcity Um, and because it's such a pervasive thing everywhere. Like, you know, the first thing I'm thinking in my head is, well, if we all had scalar energy to light our homes, that would be fabulous and, you know, we would not pay our... You have right. to pay an energy bill every month and everything. But on the other hand, there's a lot of jobs depending on that. You know? Yes. Yes. I, so that's me, my brain is going yes. to scarcity right there.
0: You're, you're you're right. And and here's the here's the key. Nobody ever said we had to work forty, forty five hours a week. If scalar energy came into vogue, you just changed the numbers. You just reduce the work hours by sixty percent. So yes. Scalar energy will free us up and it will automate society and and we will no longer have the scarcity, hence we will no longer have to expend the resources and the labor hours. Well, what does that mean to everybody? It doesn't mean you're going to lose a job. It means you're going to gain. It means you're going to lose a lot of unproductive work hours. Now, the, the world with scalar energy could easily survive on a ten to fifteen-hour work week a week. I repeat that. Mankind, if we use scale energy to its fullest capability, mankind would not have to work more than ten hours a week. That would be cool. Yep. <laughs>
1: yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm one of those rare individuals where my work—I love my work, you know—but there are deadlines and there are, you know, de- demands and all of those things, l- you l- know. L-
0: Look what I've done with my healing ministry, Denise. Um, I treat usually every day, and I have two guys, Eric and Kyle, who help me with research. So we call it a three-man team for the research right now. We could easily, easily treat – well, right now, we're probably treating 100,000 people a day because we've taken a lot of photographs from people in West Africa, we've just taken group photographs and we're treating those groups out of Africa. Some of them have malaria, some of them have Ebola, some of them are HIV positive. Anyway, three men can treat um, 100,000 people all by way of their photograph. Now, look how efficient that is. And and look how many of those people are being cured and they'll no longer have to spend money or consume resources for their health and how many of those people will not have to miss work many of those people will not be at home sick many of those people will not have to go to a hospital i mean look at i call it the multiplier effect the multiplier effect has many realizations the multiplier effect has many um, avenues that it can well i guess an infinite number of avenues that it can manifest itself on what is one of the multiplier effects cure the people of Ebola, you don't have those people infecting other people. That's the multiplier effect. Secondly, they survive. They don't die. Next, they don't obviously visit a hospital. Next, they don't put the hospital staff at at risk. Next, we don't have to run around with special hazmat suits. Next, we don't have to um, spend too much time reporting about the outbreak because there is no outbreak. So you're consuming resources, time, talent, work hours across the board. Why? Because three guys in Bradenton, Florida, are, have a research team, and we are holding back this scourge of Ebola. So it's, it's so efficient. Do you know of three other guys anywhere in the world that can do this? No. Why can we do it? We have scalar energy. Talk about leverage. It's exactly. That's the proper term. Yeah. Yeah. Call it leverage. It's, it's, it's leverage. And I want right. you to put this in the book. I envision this and God has promised me the day will come when we will treat at least a million people a day. and Eventually two million. All we need is somebody well, we need a photographic staff to provide us with photographs of group photographs of people around the world. Well, every time you treat a person, you, you break apart the germs. They're cured. So Will we treat a million people a day? Yes. Will we cure a million people a day? Yes. Exactly what they're being cured of, I don't know. But if you eradicate the germs, you not only cure their immediate pathogenic infection, but you prevent other diseases associated with pathogenic infection. For instance, hepatitis C virus. Somebody just offered us a testimonial. They went to the doctor, and they no longer have, to have the hep C virus in their in their body. Well, we treated them with scalar energy. Well, what's one of the consequences of Hep C? Cirrhosis of the liver, and eventually you obviously feel terrible and and liver cancer is a a possibility. It always has been associated with Hepatitis C virus. So, if we can cure the world of Hepatitis C infection, and we can, 150 million people, at least in the world, have Hepatitis C virus infection. So, you are preventing millions of potential cases of liver cancer. Wow. Now, that's a multiplier effect. So those people are not going to get liver cancer in the future. Meaning what? Well, we won't have to have the medical community address their liver cancer in the future. Um, Human papillomavirus, um, that's the number one cause of cervical cancer. We can treat that out. That's been proven. Tests have been been rendered that the woman that we have worked with had a before and after test and after the scalar energy treatments, they no longer have the human papillomavirus in their body. If they no longer have the human papilloma virus in their body, then that is the number one causative agent of cervical cancer. So if we can treat every woman in the world with scalar energy and eradicate the human papillomavirus, you're going to have very, very few cases of cervical cancer. By the way, it's estimated at least 25% of all human cancers are caused by viruses. I think that's an understatement. I think once we really understand the role of viruses, I would say easily 35% of all human cancers are caused by viruses.
1: So let's say the person that's reading this book is... An architect or a store manager, or some other job, okay, not in the healthcare industry, okay How would scalar energy impact their life, their work, their family relationships um if it's being used to maximum effect.
0: Uh-huh. Immeasurably, it it the mind boggles is, is what could happen. So, you're selecting what one person in particular, such as an architect.
1: I'm I'm just throwing out a couple of job titles, you okay. know. I mean, you've talked about doctors and healthcare workers, and it's like a lot of people work in those professions. But let's pick a couple that are outside of those professions. Okay, let's let's
0: select an architect. What what would happen? Um, an architect. Now you're saying scalar energy to the fullest capability, correct?
1: Yeah. Let's say we're we're now using it as a power source, and okay. and you're using it, you know, um, okay. you know, healing disease and everything else.
0: The architectural plans would be um, derived not by way of a computer, per se, but by way of a some type of scalar energy instrument. In other words, architectural plans would be scalar energy plans. And scalar energy would present the blueprints, the model for a factory, a home, a church, a school, et cetera. Um, those scalar energy blueprints are what? An information system. So all architects, everybody in the future would no longer use the electromagnetic spectrum as an information system. The information system would be a scalar energy information system. And would, it would, that would simply, serve to ease the means of communication and storing data. Um, Secondly, an architect would be able to, in a holographic sense, assemble a, let's say, a house. Scalar energy could assemble a house by by way of light in projection. So what am I saying? You could actually have a light representation of a house. If you can picture that, like a model?
1: Is that what yes. you're
0: saying? like a model, yes. A, a light, a model composed of scalar light. So you could literally program into um, a architectural plans. If they were scalar energy architectural plans, those plans would project themselves by way of scalar energy, and you could see it holographically. So t- take a, a plot of land that doesn't have a building on it. And that plot of land, you could actually just project a hologram, sort of like what they did in Star Trek. And instead of seeing a physical building, you would see a building made out of light. Now, wouldn't that be a great representation? Today we do it by graphic design. Well, that graphic design is fine, but <clears throat> it's it probably lacks the clarity that people would like. If you could take somebody out to a swampland and and then show them by way of a light demonstration, a scalar light demonstration, what that swampland would look like with a hotel, a golf course, and a restaurant, they would say, Oh, I can envision it, right? Well a lot of people have to see something mentally before they can act upon it. Well mm-hmm. we could we could have visual demonstrations. We we do it today with T V, we do it today with a computer. But imagine Having this holographically, not, not two-dimensional, up and down, which is um, X-axis and, and Y-axis, but the Z-axis would be incorporated. Having a 3D holographic demonstration of something. You've seen holograms. They're fascinating. Oh, yeah. They're just fascinating. You've seen holograms of people. And you, if you really, if it's really well done, you could say, wow, that does look like a person. So
1: now you have the architect who's able to do this sort of holographic scalar light demonstration of that. Now we move down to the contractor and the carpenters that are building the building. The thought just pops in my mind. They're using tools that utilize scalar energy to build the structure. Right, right. Thank you. So let's go throughout the house.
0: Now, an architect is designing a house, a school, a factory. There are no wires. There are no physical wires. Forget wires. Forget outlets. There's no electrical outlet. There's no wiring whatsoever in the house. Everything is a scalar energy device that will pick up wireless transmission. So if you have wireless transmission with a cell phone, everything in your house is now a wireless scalar energy instrument, including your computer, your refrigerator, your lamps, your stove. There's no wiring. Everything is done by way of scalar energy. There is no electricity in the house whatsoever.
1: So are you saying my cell phone would stay charged up all the time?
0: Yes, exactly. That's the point. (laughs) Why? And that's a great point. Very good. Because in in an electromagnetic environment, loss is certain. Loss is guaranteed, there always is a loss. Whereas in a scalar energy environment, there never is a loss. So that's the beauty of it. We will not have to recharge anything. Energy will be super abundant. Now this gets back to our notion how the Illuminati really took sides with people like Marconi and Westinghouse and Edison. All these people are in bed together. And what what did they construct? They constructed a scale, excuse me, an electromagnetic energy paradigm in which you have this hierarchy, in which you have scarcity that is inbuilt, in which you have a, a system that is really designed to be competitive, not cooperative. It's a competitive arena. That's the way most of the world is today, face it. Tesla saw... much better opportunity. He saw this relatively free energy. And that's why the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the Morgans would not promote Tesla. And that's why Tesla to this day is undermined. Tesla is a greater engineer than that of um, Edison. Tesla is a far, far superior theorist and discoverer than that of Edison. Edison really, Edison worked hard. And once he understood electricity, he had many Many derivations of electrical instruments, but Tesla was a true genius. Tesla was a true visionary. Te- Edison was not the visionary that Tesla is. Anyway, long and short story is, the power elite, finance promoted Tesla, Westinghouse, and a few other men who were. Mar- Marconi com- was
1: the radio. He invented radio, right? Yeah.
0: Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. he did. But but Tesla had a scalar energy radio, and. Um, and that was abandoned. That was abandoned.
1: So, you know, it's funny because there's a parallel between this and the chapter that we talked about on health care and the idea of, you know, they've opted for treatment rather than cure, yeah. right? It's like Thank there's you. scarcity. It's like exactly. you have to keep doing it over and over and over again and keep paying for it, by the way. Yeah. It, you know, if it, it's a pill or a whatever. And that's the way it's rigged. It's
0: rigged. It's controlled. I don't know why people don't see that. You know, would it, would it not be frustrating to to cut your grass and then that, to have to go outside the next day and to have to recut your grass? It's like, well, what would you do the first time? Well, we didn't do it right, so we're going to cut the grass again. That doesn't make any sense. Why does that make right. sense with energy, medicine, whatnot? You do it right the first time. You do it so it's perfect. If you can do it so it's perfect and it's correct, then you do it. You don't have to cut your grass every day. Well, it doesn't make sense. It's like tying your shoelaces. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're pretty good at this by now, aren't you, Denise? You only have to tie your shoelaces once a day. You yeah. To, you don't have to retie <laughs> your shoelace every half hour. Does it make sense did- to retie? no. Let's do it fundamentally correct the first time. Let's tie our shoelaces correctly so we don't have to
1: re-tie our shoelaces every thirty minutes. Right, right, right. So the last chapter um, on shedding light on lies um, talked a little bit about the internet and how the internet is shedding light on, you know, the Illuminati and Rothschilds and all that, and people are starting to get a little bit wise to this stuff. So how do you feel? Um, or do you feel the Internet in any way, shape, or form would be um, better, more usable, helps or harms um, our world in a scalar energy world?
0: The, The Internet that we have today is wonderful, and that's a beautiful example of a great information system. A scalar energy Internet would never be interrupted with. You can never hack it there could never be any degradation, decay, um, the signal would never drop. So if a cell phone operating under a scalar energy environment would never drop a call, there would never be any static on your cell phone, a computer working by way of scalar energy would always have a perfect signal, There would never, you would never lose anything. A lot of people say, well, I've run out of storage, don't worry. Scalar energy is a perfect storage system. It's an infinite storage system. Can you imagine when you go to a computer store and you say, "What's your what's your storage capability?" Well, they tell you two gig or or three gig,
1: three gig or whatever.
0: And and I can't wait till you go to a computer store and they say, "Our storage capability is infinite." <laughs> it is in right. scalar energy. A scalar energy environment. You could easily manufacture scalar energy computers and in so doing you, you don't take up space so your computer would not space is no longer relevant so when you're saying why well, run I've run out of space I've run out of memory that's impossible I'm going to repeat that that's impossible with scalar energy so a scalar energy computer would have an infinite storage capability Wow. Infinite storage capability. So forget the 2 gig, 5 gig, blah, blah, blah. You would have an infinite storage capability.
1: How do you feel if we live in a scalar energy world, um, corporations would change, small businesses would change? Yes. It, it would make
0: everybody once again master. And instead of having business or government as master, man would be the master. And that's that's what the Rothschilds didn't want.
1: The right. Rothschild what, what would that, that look like? What would that look like for man to be the
0: master? first of all, in a scalar energy environment, and I mean this literally, everybody is a super genius. Now, it's hard to deceive and control super geniuses. When people are uneducated or deceived, it's easy to, to control them. And that's what the Illuminati has done. The right. number one tool I want you to put this in the book. The number one tool of the Illuminati is to deceive mankind. How do you control 7.2 billion people? By deceiving them, by controlling them, by deception. You can't do it with, with blunt force. It's just too bloody and too impractical. How do you control the world? You control the world by deceiving the world, by deception, the Illuminati succeeds by deception. Yeah. How did they do that? Well, they deceived us into believing in Darwinian evolution. Darwin was a Rothschild agent. Karl Marx was a Rothschild agent. So you take these two isms, a false economic model, a false model of, um, of the political scenario, which is Marxism. It doesn't work. And then there's another false paradigm, which is Darwinian evolution. That doesn't work. But you put all this together, and, and other subterfuge and deceptions, and now can, mankind does not work. I mean, look at look at Russia recently, with their rupel debacle. Right. Russia, Russia. Whether I think Putin is getting it. Russia is bankrupt today. Today, January second, two thousand fifteen. Russia is bankrupt. And that's one of the prophecies of the end times. Russia will become very aggressive because Russia will see that its days are limited. The Russian people are going to suffer tremendously this coming year. The ruble has had it. They cannot export oil as they used to. And the country is in a tailspin. And that tailspin will continue without, throughout 2015. Obviously, um, Putin is just a, a Rothschild appointee, and Putin doesn't know what to do. He's just a thug from the KGB. Anyway, my prediction is, and this really leads into the end times, Russia will become very aggressive militarily because they realize that they're being squeezed out. And the only option that they have is a military one. We haven't seen the end of, of Russia and its, and its desire to conquest. It's, it's going to be bloody in the next couple of years.
1: Right. My husband Ernie was telling me that the ruble is to the point where it's valued what's the Indian rupee. Where you know, and it's interesting that both currencies have similar sounding names. But he said right now the, the Russian ruble is about the same value as the Indian rupee. I,
0: I didn't know it was that bad. I, I really don't follow the currency markets, but I yeah. we can all we can see the handwritten wall here. And Denise, this is tremendous. Real quickly, I, I read an article, and I really didn't give it much thought, uh, um, consideration then, but I am letting it sink in. The um, an article went over OPEC, and the nations that participate in OPEC, the oil producing, exporting right. countries. Well, those countries are on the verge of bankruptcy right now. There is a break even point. And a lot of those countries, the break-even point, Denise, is some of them are $85 for a a barrel of oil. In other words, those countries can make money if the price of oil is at least $85 a barrel or more. If oil drops below $85 a barrel, those countries cannot successfully export oil, like Bahrain is one of them.
1: Right, very and it's timely. getting dangerously close to that, isn't it? Yes,
0: it is. It's it's a very these are very small countries. They have one cash crop, oil, and when oil becomes cheap, those countries cannot effectively compete against the U.S., Saudi Arabia, and um, offshore drilling. Anyway, what do I predict? Well, oil is going to continue to drop, and with that, these countries are now in peril. They're they're bankrupt. I saw this locally. As a kid, I lived in right outside of Pittsburgh. And back in the early, well, late 70s and early 80s, I saw how the steel industry went out in western Pennsylvania.
1: Right, Bethlehem Steel and yes. steel and everything.
0: Yeah, and, and the bottom line is this, it's never returned. So that local environment went into a tailspin. It, it still is bankrupt to this day. Anyway, the bottom line is this. With uh, fracking and offshore drilling and, and other means of, of, of uh, oil production, uh, it, it's it's gotten to the point that these countries, whether they realize it or not, they're bankrupt. Bahrain is bankrupt today. Qatar is bankrupt. Saudi Arabia is getting there. Right. Uh, it, just just the, from my perspective, when I see.
1: So, um. And in the scalar energy world, we won't need them. <laughs> we, no, <laughs> we know? won't. Right?
0: No, but we the won't. Scalar
1: energy cars. You know,
0: I, I want you to put this in in the uh, book. Jesus has told me that in the future, I will indeed illuminate that image of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Clearwater. Mm-hmm. And See, when you're planning that, that for April, right? Um, it, it's it's to happen during the month of October, but he hasn't given oh, me October. the. hasn't given me the year yet. Anyway, the long and short of it is this, when I do illuminate the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary on the building in Clearwater, Florida, and please put this in the book, that, that that event will serve to precipitate the collapse of the oil market. I'm going to repeat that. When I When I illuminate the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Clearwater, Florida, that will signify the beginning of the end. I'm going to quote me. Quote, that will signify the beginning of the end of the oil
1: monopoly. What do you think is the cause and effect link between the two? people will see that we have essentially
0: this relatively free energy. And and with that said, people will see that the, the day is coming, that we will no longer need oil or gas, and we will see a precipitous drop. I'm looking at the oil chart right now.
1: It's below $60 a barrel. Wow. Yeah, here in Las Vegas, it's like, 239 a gallon Earning, earning tracks this you know where where the oil is at and everything so just like he tracks foreign currencies and everything um a thought keeps popping into my brain you know we live in i think japan is a little bit more advanced than we are um but for the most part we live in a Fairly advanced society, you know, in um, and economy here in the United States, but it, millions and millions and millions of people around the world live lives barely, when it comes to socioeconomically, barely better than animals. I mean, just you know, foraging to find enough food to go to bed at night and little huts and, you know, I mean, there's millions and millions of people like that in Africa and Asia and, you know, Mexico and things like that. How will scalar energy help them or will it reach them as quickly as it reaches us?
0: <laughs> that's a great question. And and that's that's the key. You know, I don't want this to be just an intellectual discussion. So what do I envision? Well, this is for book two. Um, God, I think, and I've asked God, but I need to get greater clarification. We're going to illuminate our lady's image in Clearwater, Florida. That will be the sign for mankind. After that, I would like to illuminate all of um, downtown L.A. How do we do that? Well, let's take photographs of other buildings in Los Angeles and Chicago and Singapore and in um in London let's illuminate the big ben okay let's illuminate the, the facade of the vatican you can do that with scalar energy and when we could show around the world that we can not only illuminate a building in clearwater florida but we can illuminate the entire world we can we can um, send and an impulse a broadcast of scalar energy around the world. Let's say one day we get the the press involved. And I'd like you to put this in the book. I would like to get the press involved, and I would like the press to submit to me a photograph of a thousand skyscrapers around the world. And in one day, we would take those photographs of a thousand skyscrapers, and we would illuminate them Simultaneously. So instead of just illuminating a building in Clearwater, we'll illuminate the Eiffel Tower. We'll illuminate the Sears Towers in Chicago. We'll illuminate some of the skyscrapers in Vegas. We'll illuminate some of the skyscrapers in London, in Paris, in Singapore, in Kuala Lumpur. We'll illuminate some skyscrapers in Honolulu. We'll do this all simultaneously. And if people can see that one scalar energy instrument can send out energy... To a thousand skyscrapers around the world. Well, th- that's the end of the oil crisis. It's done. It's finished. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. You you no longer. First of all, you, you realize every oil price, every every utility company has a built-in twenty percent, thirty percent margin for expected revenue in the future. Well, in one or two days, you take away that twenty or thirty percent inflated revenue or call it a padding for the for the price of the stock or the
1: utility company. Well, I mean their profits quarterly are like off the chain. Just yes. totally crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to any other industry, you right. know. Of course. Of course. And
0: put this also in the book. This is very important. Moses and the Israelites were liberated and the ark of the covenant served as one of the means to liberate them. Well, what do we have today? We have scalar energy. And scalar energy will likewise liberate us. The Israelites were dominated by the Egyptians. That was the ruling force. And today we have that same concept. It's the Illuminati that dominates us today. And scalar energy will serve to Eliminate will serve to, to turn over the, the Illuminati. So if Moses and the and the Israelites were freed by way of the Ark of the Covenant, today we have the modern day equivalent of the Ark of the Covenant, and today we will be liberated by scalar energy, and our captors, our slave masters, the Rothschilds and the Illuminati, will be defeated.
1: Wow, wow so I, I want it this is geez. god's This is God's incredible
0: plan. God will eliminate God will defeat the Illuminati by way of scalar energy. There will no longer be scarcity. We will no longer have that hierarchical um establishment that that setup up that paradigm that hierarchical paradigm will no longer be in place. Well, at the top of the pyramid is the Rothschilds and the Illuminati. But if the, if the new capstone is, is Jesus Christ and scalar energy, then we do away with, we in a fundamental fashion, we override, we defeat the Bavarian Illuminati. That's where we're going with this. God is, God is going to take scalar energy, and he's going to defeat his foes, his, his enemies. Well, obviously, the Rothschilds and the other 50 satanic families in the Illuminati, those are the foes, those are the enemies of Jesus Christ.
1: So, wow. (laughs) Wow. So, um, you know, I had brought up before, and you kind of veered in a different direction, um, the idea of how scalar energy will impact poverty around the world. Yes, no more scarcity.
0: What, what is poverty? Poverty is the, the end result of scarcity. If you had a world in which there was no scarcity, there would be no poverty. Right. So if we finally can address, in, in heaven there's no poverty, there's superabundance. Why? There's a superabundance of scalar energy. So if we could every, get everybody a shot at scalar energy, there would no longer be poverty. There's no scarcity. Right. That's that's the beauty of it. That's where we're going with this. We're we're gonna have a world where there is superabundance, where there is scalar energy. It's it's impossible. It's impossible to have scarcity.
1: Do you believe people will be um enlightened, in other words, smarter? Yes. Thank you. That's that's the next point. That's
0: probably one of the most
1: important points.
0: Adam and Eve were super, super geniuses. Maybe I should say that five times. They were super 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 geniuses. And they were much smarter than anybody today because of scalar energy. Much smarter than anybody today. And if we live in a scalar energy environment, we will have this information downloaded into our minds. I think I've mentioned that before. Scalar energy allows us to download information. You you won't have to sit there and think about it and reason and and read and study and attend lectures, information will be downloaded. You could could download the Encyclopedia Britannica in your mind with scalar energy. And Adam and Eve understood all of this. Adam and Eve had the ability to penetrate, to understand nature. Today, that that gift is obscured. So, if everybody is living, if 7.2 billion people have the gift of scalar energy, then we'll have 7.2 billion super, 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 super geniuses. And if that's the case, nobody will be able to control anybody. We'll just be too smart. Everybody will be, be dependent upon God, finally, not upon governments, not upon universities or corporations or think tanks. And it's a power shift. And the power shift is, is being united with God. And that unity with God makes obsolete every government, every think tank, every university, every
1: corporation, just just obsolete. Wow. So, and of course, um, people who have, you know, addictions and hang-ups and things like that, that would just be wiped out. That's correct. I mean, that's you're already starting to do that. Yes, that's correct. It, it
0: reprograms the psyche, reprograms the mind. I firmly believe that God gives us grace, G-R-A-C-E, grace. It's it's that theological concept. Well, how does he impart it? God imparts grace by way of scalar energy. So when people say, oh, the saints, they were filled with grace, they were filled with scalar energy. Right. Grace, well, I don't care if it's love, mercy, understanding, compassion, you have this, this, effulgence of scalar energy that's how God works we've mentioned that repeatedly the paintbrush of God is scalar energy so if we are if we all possess scalar energy then we all are going to possess sanctifying grace and a a world with sanctifying grace where everybody's happy, intelligent well fed well mannered um, passionate, loving, kind You, you won't have these ills that we have today We won't be in darkness.
1: Our ability to um, expand and grow technologically would just go light years ahead very quickly because we've got all these smart people and scalar energy. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it?
1: It, it would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun being around smart people all the time. <laughs> and people who are
0: kind, you know, you. Uh, uh, Nita and I live in a upscale neighborhood, and we live in a a nice part of Bradenton where everybody says hello, good morning, and you know, with wealth comes manners, and not, it's it's not guaranteed, but you know, they have a little bit of class and and. And I don't, I don't hear much graciousness. profanity, graciousness, a little culture, um, and that's nice. Whereas, as opposed to living in a neighborhood where people are are depressed and marginalized, well, that has a yeah, that has a cascading uh, series of events that take place. You know what? Sin begets sin. Um, degradation begets degradation. And, you know, we call it the cycle of poverty or the cycle of ignorance. It, it is a cycle, it's, it's never ending unless you can get out of that paradigm. You have right. to break it. Band aids don't count. Forget the band aids. Right.
1: Right. Wow. <laughs> this is great. This is going to be a great chapter.
0: It always is great with you. Thank you oh, for be- thank you for getting it. Thank you for understanding what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. You picked the right person, Tom. <laughs> you are darn right, because
0: you you're so open to this. It's you know once you put it all together, it it really makes sense. I don't care what religion or ph- philosophical uh, posture you assume. It, it makes sense scientifically, theologically. It makes sense in a pragmatic uh, consideration. It, uh, it, it, scalar energy is much more than fire and heat. I, I have that expression that I use so often with people. I tell people this is a lot more than just a lot of fire and heat. This is right. the intelligence of the universe. And if we can have some portion of that intelligence of the universe, end of story
1: we're geniuses. Right. So I have had people come to me um wanting my help with their books. And I've had some people who just want help with like heavy editing and they've said, "Well, the book was channeled to me." Uh, uh-huh. sure. Right. Sure. You know, which in a way is kind of like a download. Yes it is. You That's know? a good point. Um does that mean that those people maybe have accessed scalar energy in some way without even knowing it?
0: Of course. here's a great example. Tessa frequently said that he would lay awake at night and that throughout the night he could not sleep. He had these flashes of light, flashes of light. And in these flashes of light, he could see an invention, God would download inventions in Nikola Tesla's mind. He would have flashes of scalar energy, and he would have this ability, obviously a God-given gift, to see an invention while sleeping or while simply retired in his bed at night. So God downloaded this information for him to invent, to discover. God downloads a lot of this information to me. You know, 25 years ago, I had no idea what God wanted me to do. Well, God downloads this information. I have incredible theories, and my theories are 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 being substantiated in the laboratory. Wow! Amazing. Yep. And you're you it, we call it intuition. Well, women are very akin akin to this women's intuition. Well, why do they call it that? Because women are say yes to God. Women's right. intuition is scalar energy.
1: Well, and the other thing is, is they call it women's intuition, but men will say I have a gut feeling. Yes. And
0: the, right? Uh, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Or horse sense. Some people call it horse sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah. good good good. All righty. Another great hour. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up for today?
0: God so desires for mankind to embrace, embrace scalar energy. And so does Tom Palladino. (laughs) I I don't know how many more radio shows I have to, I have to give before people get it. You know, they've got to start participating, Denise. I I said to myself, my new year's resolution is I have to have a different approach to reach people because it's just, it's it's so apparent. It's how apparent is it? It's it's as obvious as the sun and the stars, but they just don't see it.
1: Yeah. Do you have, do you have a radio show today? You said something about a radio show just as you were coming on the phone with me. Um, I I have one um
0: over the weekend, and I have a regular Monday night radio show. It's a pre-record, but right. what, we're, what right. we're trying to do, we're trying to go international with this radio
1: show. Right. Yeah, that's that's going to so be the key. So it's the invitation to scale our energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like exactly. you're people. So exactly. okay, all right. Do you have any questions for me before we wrap up today?
0: No, you're doing a great job. Nita okay. loves Nita loves what you're doing. She said, "Finally, Tommy, you, you found somebody who can who can understand this and make it palatable." I said, Good. "I know." Den- Denise Good. is doing a great job. So she loves Good. what you're
1: doing. Thank you very much. And tell Nita I said Happy New Year. I will. And um, should we schedule a time?
0: We'll try our usual time. Do you want to try next Tuesday or you want to take a week off?
1: Um, Hang on. Well, I've got like two chapters to catch up on, so this week and what we did for last week. So hang
0: on. We'll take next week off then if you want to.
1: Okay. Do you want to do that? Yeah, let me look at my calendar. So I'm looking at like Monday the 12th or Tuesday the 13th.
0: Let's call it Tuesday the 13th. Um, <clears throat> that's fine. Nita and are I are, just... are are planning to take a trip to Antigua the third week, which would be f- February now, February. So that will give us some time to, to give us like th- three or four weeks before we take it off. It sounds enough. like
1: fun.
0: Oh, it's going to be a blast. We need time off.
1: Yeah, we you, you guys have probably done Caribbean before, right?
0: We have, but we, yes, we have. We love it down there. We love the simplicity and they're nice people.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. They are. So anyway, okay. All right, well, I'll talk to you in about a week and a half
0: then. Okay, the 13th is, is a date. Thanks.
1: Okay, sounds good. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.